RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The High Court quashes the government's decision to cancel 20,000 COVID vaccine exemption certificates. The chief executive stresses that Hong Kong will do whatever it takes to attract top-notch talent. And rugby fans will be able to chow down in the stands while they enjoy the upcoming Rugby Sevens. The High Court has quashed the government's decision to cancel some 20,000 COVID vaccine exemption certificates issued by seven doctors. A judicial review challenging the decision was brought by Kwok Chirk Kin, the so-called king of judicial reviews, after the authorities accused the doctors of not holding proper medical consultations with recipients. Judge Russell Coleman says Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao has no power to overturn or invalidate the documents issued by the doctors. Professor Lo, for his part, says he'll study the court ruling with the Department of Justice before commenting further. At this point, I cannot give any comment on what action we will take. But uh, suffice to say that as the Health Bureau, we have the duty to protect and safeguard the health of over 7 million people in Hong Kong. And uh, our anti-COVID measures and uh, all the policies and strategies are vital. And we have to ensure that uh, we have enough legal support for undertaking all these uh, anti-COVID strategies. We'll make sure that we have adequate protection for our citizens in Hong Kong. Meanwhile, health officials have reported 5,393 new COVID infections, including 370 imported cases. Nine more people with COVID have died. Chief Executive John Lee has reiterated that Hong Kong will do whatever it takes to attract talent. During this morning's RTHK phone-in programme on his policy address, Mr Lee said around 140,000 people had left Hong Kong in the last two years, with two-thirds of them at managerial level. He said this was why he was focusing on bringing talent back to the city. He acknowledged that Covid restrictions were deterring some people, but said this was a short-term problem. Before this Covid attack us, right? Three years ago, we actually have to stop people coming. So Hong Kong is an attractive place. And there are a lot of reasons for it, because what are Hong Kong's DNAs? Hong Kong's DNA is, well, we have a low tax uh, regime. Our tax rate is low. A simple tax uh, regime, tax rate is low. And it's a very vibrant city, very free. Uh, and you have East meets West culture. Um, and also we are the freest economy. One caller to the programme complained about how COVID restrictions were impacting trail races with limits on participants and on the serving of food, despite such races being socially distanced. She asked John Lee when such races would be allowed to return to normal. But Mr Lee cited the ongoing COVID situation and expressed concern about recent cases involving children. What I have said in my policy address in Lashko is... While we're still on this road to fight the epidemic, uh, my destination has been made clear. And in the course of going along this path, then I will ensure that we will have tailor-made measures, tailor-made arrangements for events which we want uh, to take place in Hong Kong. Okay. And, and, and trail uh, raising uh, is one of them. 
Organisers of the Hong Kong Seven say they've secured government approval to allow eating in the stands. It was earlier announced that fans could only drink but not eat during the games at the Hong Kong Stadium. However, spectators are required to present a negative rapid antigen test result before entering the venue. In a statement, the head of the Hong Kong Rugby Union, Robbie McRobbie, said the atmosphere inside the stadium is guaranteed, with three days of food, drink, music and plenty of thrilling Sevens rugby on offer. Official figures released this evening show the SAR's inflation rate reached 4.4% last month, more than double the figure in August. But the Census and Statistics Department said the main cause of the sharp increase was a low base of comparison for September last year, when the Housing Authority waived rents for tenants of public flats. After stripping out one-off measures, underlying inflation was running at 1.8%, the same as a month earlier. To the weather forecast, mainly fine and it'll be dry during the day tomorrow with temperatures in the region of 23 to 30 degrees and moderate northeasterly winds. The outlook, a few showers on Sunday and windy but becoming fine and dry early next week. Currently the observatory, 24 degrees Celsius, humidity at 79%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now exactly five minutes past 11. The Federation of Trade Unions says it's disappointed the policy address didn't offer any solutions to the traffic congestion in Kowloon East. Its lawmaker Bill Tang says the livelihood of hundreds of thousands of residents are affected because they lack access to the MTR. In 2014, a very important uh, government report say they will in the future construct seven new railway, uh, include the uh, East Kowloon hillside railway but uh, we are just wait with so many years the policy address also ignore this project the travel industry council says the tourism sector is also a bit disappointed with the policy address and urged the government to help the industry by giving incoming tourists leeway with covid restrictions the council's executive director fanny yearn called on the authorities to allow tour groups to eat in restaurants and visit sightseeing spots during their first three days in Hong Kong, effectively as exempting them from the Amber Code, as long as itineraries are submitted in advance. I think we will see that as a start. Of course, we won't expect a huge volume or a, a huge demand that we can become, but at least we can start. And then we can really communicate with overseas market that they can get their first group of people coming here. So definitely it will not help the business a lot, but it is a very significant positive sign to the industry and also to the overseas visitors. Asked about the proposal, Tourism Minister Kevin Young said the government is looking at ways to help the industry. Labour Minister Chris Sun says officials are working on the details for next year's scheme to import workers for residential care homes. He says the scheme includes relaxing the ratio of imported care home workers for the elderly and those with disabilities. But Mr Sun assured people the government also values local workers and will provide training to imports to improve service quality. He was speaking to reporters after an RTHK radio programme. Our aim is to cover all residential care homes and also the exact proposal to uh, speed up the whole process of application, vetting and approval. Earlier in the year, in the light of the fifth wave, we have introduced a one-off special scheme allowing all residential care homes to import a limited number of carers to help them. So these 3,000-something quota will be good for two years. So that should be enough to cater for their needs. 
The Lands Department says it's leasing out three pieces of government land in Taipo and North District to brownfield operators affected by the government's land resumption exercises. Ada Al reports. The Lands Department said in a press release that businesses affected by the administration's clearance operations before the end of next year are eligible to submit a tender until November 22nd. Officials said all three sites, including two in Taipo and one in North District, are suitable for industrial, open storage, vehicle repair workshop and warehouse uses. Two of them could also serve as public car parks or facilitate the operation of recycling business. Chief Executive John Lee had announced in his policy address on Wednesday that more than half of the 1,600 hectares of brownfield sites in the new territories will be developed for housing and other purposes. He added that occupants of the affected sites will be offered alternative premises at below market rates. A Lands Department spokesperson said authorities are now identifying sites that could be suitable for short-term leases. Turning overseas, the Indonesian government says the number of young children that have died during a spike in cases of acute kidney injury has risen to 133. The authorities had previously confirmed that some cough syrups available in the country contained ingredients linked to the fatal disease, which had mostly affected children under five. The Election Commission of Pakistan has disqualified the former Prime Minister Imran Khan from holding public office on charges of unlawfully selling state gifts. The governing coalition had sought the ruling against Mr Khan. Here's the BBC's Anbarasan Etirajan. The unanimous decision by a five-member panel of Pakistan's election commission is a huge setback for the former Pakistani premier. Imran Khan remains hugely popular and his aides say they will appeal against the verdict in the High Court. They are already calling for his supporters to stage a protest against the ruling. Mr Khan says the case is politically motivated, but he admitted last month to having sold at least four presents he had received during his tenure. He argues they were included in his income tax returns. Mr Khan was ousted from office in April after losing a no-confidence vote. European Union leaders have agreed to press ahead with plans for temporary price caps on gas, but with numerous caveats. Amid continuing divisions, they approved a roadmap to try to shield consumers from volatile energy prices, as the BBC's Jessica Parker reports from Brussels. One temporary measure would be a cap on the price of gas that's used to generate electricity. Another is a ceiling on natural gas transactions when the market gets particularly volatile. The EU's biggest economy, Germany, has publicly voiced opposition to gas price caps over fears the move could drive vital supplies away from Europe. If Berlin has backed down, it's partly because the agreed way forward is laced with conditions, which energy ministers and EU officials must now navigate their way through before any plans are finalised. Ukrainian officials say at least 14 people have been wounded in the latest Russian attacks on cities in Ukraine. They say rocket strikes on Kharkiv in the northeast left nine injured and damaged industrial infrastructure. Officials in the city of Zaporizhia say five people were hurt there. Elsewhere, Ukraine's electricity operator has introduced temporary blackouts in the Kyiv region and three neighbouring areas following recent attacks on energy infrastructure. Leaders of a right-wing coalition in Italy have met the country's president to say they're ready to form a government, despite recent tensions in the alliance. They propose that the head of the far-right Brothers of Italy party, Giorgia Maloney, become prime minister. She said they all agreed she should lead the country. 
La delegazione composta dai capigruppo e dai presidenti di tutte The delegation made up of the party leaders and presidents of all the political forces of the center-right coalition agreed with President Mattarella on the need to give this nation a new government as soon as possible because the emergencies we face are many both at a national and international level. The whole coalition gave a unanimous indication that I be appointed to form the new government. The BBC has been given details of threats made by the Iranian authorities to persuade the climber Elnaz Rakabi to say her headscarf came off accidentally at an event in South Korea. Video of Miss Rakabi climbing without a hijab was viewed by many as a gesture of support for ongoing anti-government protests in Iran. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. Many suggested that Rakabi may have been put under pressure to make the statement to state media. Now a source with knowledge of the case has told BBC Persian that a threat was made to the athlete that her family's land worth some $350,000 would be confiscated if she didn't toe the government line. The source says that she is now a effectively under house arrest. There's been no official confirmation of this. To sports now and football, here's the BBC's John Bennett with a look at some of the big games to look forward to this weekend in the English Premier League. Chelsea manager Graham Potter faces arguably his biggest test since taking over as head coach when Manchester United visits Stamford Bridge. United put in their best performance of the season on Wednesday when they beat their top four rivals Tottenham 2-0. Chelsea are unbeaten since Potter arrived at the club from Brighton and they've won five of his seven games. Elsewhere, Premier League leaders Arsenal will be looking to extend their winning run in the Premier League to five games when they travel to Southampton. And second-placed Manchester City are at home to Brighton, who still haven't won a game since Roberto De Zerbi took over as their manager four games ago. Meanwhile, Liverpool are back in form after their thrilling win over Man City last Sunday. It's now three wins in a row in all competitions, going into the away match against struggling Nottingham Forest, who have lost six of their last eight fixtures. In North London, Antonio Conte's Tottenham will be trying to bounce back after their defeat at Old Trafford when they face Newcastle United. Eddie Howe's Newcastle have only lost once this season and that was a very late defeat to Liverpool at Anfield when they were very unfortunate to be defeated in that match. In cricket, Zimbabwe has stormed into the Super 12 stage of the 2020 World Cup for the first time at the expense of Scotland, beating them by five wickets with uh, skipper Craig Irvin hitting a half century. The African nation limited the Scots to 132 for six with tidy bowling led by Tendai Chatara and Richard Ungarava before rattling through the run chase with nine balls to spare. Earlier, veteran opener Paul Sterling slammed an unbeaten 66 as Ireland made the 2020 World Cup Super 12 and sent two-time champions the West Indies crashing out in a stunning upset. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The High Court quashes the government's decision to cancel 20,000 COVID vaccine exemption certificates. The chief executive stresses that Hong Kong will do whatever it takes to attract top-notch talent and rugby fans will be able to chow down in the stands while they enjoy the upcoming Rugby Sevens. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains Mark the end of day I'll hear you 
my dear, at twilight time. Thanks for hanging around and tuning in to Twilight Time, the last one of the week, which means we've made it to the weekend. Music just to chill back and relax too. We've got 45 minutes, and if you'd like to add a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. Hope you're going to like the selection tonight. The first one for your entertainment is Johnny Tillis. Such dreamy eyes When I'm away from you I'm so alone and blue When I take you home I feel so all alone And then I read Hold a dream of a love for two A love so warm and rare I hope to see that dream come true A dream we both can share Dreamy eyes You've got such dreams A dream of a love for two, a love so warm and rare. I hope to see that dream come true, a dream we both can share. Dreamy eyes, you've got such dreamy eyes. Right. 